If you'd bow your heads with me wherever you are, if it's uh, some of you that joined us tonight in the sanctuary or, or whether you're at home on, on Sunday morning or you're watching it at another time during the week, let's just pray together. And join me in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Father God, as we pray that prayer to you, first we lift up your name in adoration. But we pray uh, as a petition, the very last lines it says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And this Sunday... As we're mindful of Monday, and as we're mindful of Tuesday, and as we're mindful of the elections that are coming up, gosh, we never meant it so much in all of our lives. For thine is a kingdom, and we trust in your sovereignty for our nation and for this world. We pray that this COVID would be gone. We pray that you would protect and that you would keep, that you would watch over people. But we pray most of all that whatever the circumstances that people find themselves in this very day, may they be drawn closer to you. And may they sense your presence. May they experience your peace. And as we turn to your word, may we discover Jesus anew. Perhaps we fall in love with him all over again. Perhaps we fall in love with him for the very first time. But let us just be mindful that he is God and that he loves us. And so, Holy Spirit, speak through me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. And let the words of my mouth bring honor and glory to my creator, my savior, and my Lord. Amen. Well, three weeks ago, three weeks ago, I started this chapter. And if you have a Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 14. Three weeks ago, when we started Mark chapter 14, I started that, uh, I shared that it's very important to let your Bible read you. Let the Bible ask you questions. Three weeks ago, I reminded you of two things that they're going to play out again today. And most of the book of Mark is a reconnect, recollection of, of uh, Peter's thoughts. Think about that. Peter telling stories to Mark. Mark writing down the stories. And the other thing about this book of Mark is that Mark was so crafty at showing us different contrasts. Contrast between light and dark. Contrast between good and evil. Contrast between religion and relationship. 
contrasts between people. Three weeks ago, we saw the contrast between Mary and Judas. And today, we're going to look at the contrast between Jesus and Peter. Mark's going to contrast the failure of one man, Peter, with the steadfastness of the Son of Man, Christ. It's a contrast between faithfulness and, and unfaithfulness. It's a contrast between two rocks. Jesus the rock, the spiritual rock that accompanied Israel in the wilderness. We read in 1 Corinthians 10.4 this verse. And all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock, the rock was Christ. And that same Jesus is now the foundation of the church. 1 Corinthians 3.11 tells us, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. The foundation of the church remains unmoved. The other rock is Peter. Petros, rock, so named by Christ himself. And for the moment, for the moment, Peter's going to seem like he's crumbling under the pressure. The pressure brought on by being identified as one of Jesus' followers. But it's just for the moment. Mark 14, let's begin with reading at verse 53. And they led Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. The whole who's who of Judaism, they all showed up at the same time. And they all wanted the same thing. They all wanted Jesus dead. Verse 54. And Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Man, I hope you write in your Bibles. Hey, you've got to highlight this or circle it or underline it. Peter had followed him at a distance. And right by that, that saying in the scriptures, write down this verse, verse 50. Write it right by Peter's name, Mark 14, 50. Because that verse says this, and they all left him and fled and fled. When Jesus walked on water, who gets out of the boat and joins him? Peter. When Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say I am? Who answers him? Peter. After Jesus' death and his resurrection and his ascension into heaven, after Pentecost, who preaches? Peter. Acts 2.14 says, but Peter... Standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and he addressed them. Men of Judah, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, 
Let this be known to you and give ear to my words. And he goes on to preach. He goes on to share the gospel. He goes on to share the hope. In Acts 2.41, at the end of his sermon, Luke writes this. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Chris Brown, when he was preaching on this passage, said, failure is not a person. It's only an event. Alistair Begg said, Peter's life is not defined by the encounter in the courtyard. But it has marked it. He's marked by it. He also said, the best of men are men at best. Andy Stanley said, our past always reminds us. But our past doesn't define us. All I'm saying is remember who showed up. Peter. But back to Jesus. Mark 14, verse 55. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death. But they found none. You've got to highlight that in your Bible. You've got to circle it. Underline it. None of them was known to be found. For they bore false witness, verse 56 says, against him. But their false witness, their false testimonies, they didn't agree. Verse 57. And some stood up and bore even false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple and make it with hands in three days, and I will build another, not made with hands. (laughs) Yet even about this testimony, they did not agree. And the high priest, probably pretty frustrated, he stood up in the midst and he asked Jesus, have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent, and he made no answer. Fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 53, 7, he was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that's led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before shears is silent, So he opened not his mouth. And again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ? The son of the blessed? And in that moment, in this very moment, Jesus' destiny, our destiny, hangs in the balance. Verse 62, and Jesus said, I am. And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest 
tore his garments and he said, what further witness do we need? See, Jesus condemned himself. Remember the garden? Not my will. Not my will, Father. But your will be done. Jesus never wanted to go to the cross. His father never wanted, he never wanted Jesus to go to the cross. But for the sake of righteousness, for the sake of justice, for holiness sake, a price greater than our sin, greater than my sins, had to be paid. And Jesus' destiny and our destiny hung in the balance. Verse 63 says, and the high priest tore his garments and he said, what further witnesses do we need? For we have heard his blasphemy. What's your decision? And then all condemned him as deserving of death. You can't help but underline it. All condemned him. All condemned him as deserving of death. And then this verse. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy! And the guards, the guards received him with blows. We like to skip over that part. But I'm going to ask you to sit there a moment with me. Have you ever wondered if you were in a garden, would you have eaten the apple? If you were in the desert and everyone's complaining to you, everyone's whining, would you have struck the rock? If you were Jonah, would you have run away? If you were part of this kangaroo court where they couldn't find two witnesses to tell the same story, would you have spit on him? Would you have struck him? Would you watch as he was beaten? Would you even tell the rest of this story? Mark grabs some paper grabs a brand new pen. Parchment and quill for those of you using the King James Version. Imagine Mark. Imagine him asking Peter again, are you sure you want to tell this part? And imagine Peter's guilt. Well, Jesus is being interrogated, while he's being beaten, while he's being spit upon. Mark is doing nothing. Excuse me, Peter. Peter's doing nothing. He's warming himself by a, by a fire. Yeah, Mark, tell the story. Because the gospel is not only about Jesus coming to reveal God. It's about God revealing that he's just like Jesus. Compassionate. Forgiving, full of grace, 
full of mercy. We have Mark. Tell the story. Verse 66. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servants girls of the high priest came. Now there were a number of people that Peter might have been afraid of that evening. But I guarantee you, he wasn't afraid of a servant girl. She wasn't one of them. Verse 67, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him. You've got to underline that in your Bibles. She looked at him. And she said, you also were with the Nazarene Jesus. That verse, she looked at him. When you underline it, put by that someplace this verse. Luke twenty-two sixty-one. Put it somewhere by those words. Luke twenty-two, sixty-one. Don't get ahead of me. We're going to get there eventually. But in Mark 14, at verse 68, it says, but he denied it. He denied it. He says, I don't, I neither nor nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway. And the rooster crowed. And the servant girl, she saw him, and she began now saying to the bystanders, this man is one of them. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly you're one of them, for you're a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I don't know this man of whom you speak. And immediately, immediately, that rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said, before the the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down. And he wept. Weeks ago when we started this chapter, weeks ago I told you, I reminded you that sometimes we've got to let the Bible ask the questions. You can't always open the Bible and ask WWJD. What would Jesus do? Sometimes you have to let the Bible ask you WWYD. What would you do? See, the the questions that are asked to Peter are questions that are asked of you and me. So hear them again. And Peter, verse 66, was below in the courtyard and one of the servants' girls of the high priest came. And seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it saying, I neither nor nor understand what you mean. And he went out to the gateway, and the rooster crowed. The first question was a question of allegiance. Who do we follow? Who's your leader? Verse 67, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and she said, you also were with the Nazarene Jesus. Our actions... should make our allegiance 
noticeable to others. Let me just ask you, if you invited a classmate or a coworker or a neighbor or a friend to go to church with you, are you are they going to be surprised that you go to church? Where's your allegiance? The second question is a question of alliance. Who do we associate with? Verse 69. And the servant girl, she saw him again, and she said to the bystanders this time, this man is one of them. One of them. What does one of them look like for you? There's no such thing as a lone ranger among followers of Jesus. Who are you walking with? Who are you talking with? And the third question, the third question is about your accent. Who's talking? Or perhaps better yet, what are you talking about? Verse 70. And after a little while, the bystanders again, they said to Peter, certainly you're one of them, for you're a Galilean. Linda Webb just passed away recently. If you knew her, you didn't need to ask her. She was from New York. Her accent gave her away. Luann Waldner, you don't have to ask. Her accent gives her away. I had a buddy in the Air Force. He was from Boston. I didn't have to ask. Dodger fans, you don't have to ask. It's not their accent. It's what they're talking about. How much do you talk about Jesus? If you were put on trial for your conversations, what are you going to be convicted of? Look at me. Listen to me. And learn from me. My actions don't always betray my allegiance. My selfishness sometimes betrays my alliance. And my conversations can miss the mark by a mile. And just like Peter failed, I fail, you fail, we all fall short. But Jesus, look at me. Listen to me. Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's this comparison between Jesus and Peter. and Peter's telling Mark to tell us about it. And teach us to trust Jesus. And let me close with a reading of this same account in the Gospel of Luke. Luke wrote this account like this. In Luke 22, beginning at verse 55. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. 
Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, underline that, looking closely at him, said, this man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them, one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, oh, we've heard that word a time or two in Mark. And immediately, while he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And then hear this verse. Verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Here's two points to ponder. When the girl looks at Peter, she accuses him. When Jesus looks at Peter, he excuses him. One looks with contempt, and one looks with compassion. In the Mark account, when it ends with, and he broke down and wept through the eyes of the servant girl, you see guilt. In the Luke account, when it ends with, and he went away and wept bitterly through the eyes of Jesus. Through the eyes of Jesus, you see grace. So here's the lesson. Be like Jesus. And show compassion. Show compassion. Let's pray. Lord God, make us more like Jesus. We're never going to get there on our own. Make us more like Jesus. Amen.